Hello, everybody. This is Corey Chapman, Money Talk LA, another episode for real people, real money, real talk. I'm excited today to start this podcast because I'm actually going to interview a good friend of mine. Look, you know, this is getting to the be where we're, we're sitting around wondering what the heck we can do today because coronavirus got us stuck in the house, can't do anything. So I'm just kind of reaching out to friends of mine that I know that are sitting around doing the same thing I'm doing and see, you know, what we can add as far as value when it comes to success success when it comes to building wealth and more importantly when it comes to developing who you are and become better so I have a good friend of mine and actually not only is a friend but I call him a brother more than anything he and I have been business partners in a lot of different ventures together uh, he has uh, been a wealth advisor in a number of huge uh, bank companies that he's worked with as well as he's also been an entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur in a couple of different areas that we're going to talk a little bit about today but he is here today to kind of share with me and you'll see he's kind of chilling out in his marina home right now smoking his cigar looking all scraggly and everything you know <laughs> this is what happens when you uh when you're not working in the bank right now right and not at the not at the, the home corporate office right now so guys i want to thank him so much for being on board this is my best friend one of my good buddy his name fabian chichester welcome buddy how you doing man hey man appreciate it thanks for having me you know um it's kind of actually th these are the moments where you really see who your friends are right. who, you, who you really want to talk to yeah. In times when you really can be going out and so forth to be entertained, you know? Yeah, you know, guys, look, so so those of you who don't know about Fabian now, if, if you saw Fabian in a suit, okay, he would be like, man, this guy is the financial advisor, right? But if you saw Fabian with his sweatshirt off and his, and his white beater shirt on, you'd be like, oh, Lord, let me run the other direction and stuff. So he's <laughs> definitely multifaceted when his looks and everything else and, and predicated on what he's going through. He may have the curly hair going or he may have the, the shortcut that he's working right now. So you just never know with Fabian. He's truly that comedian, man. So, hey, man, so I'm glad that you're on the call today, man, and the podcast. And I appreciate you jumping on, man. I thought, you know, you and I had sat down. We had some conversations about, you know, success. And, and really what it meant to be like a success coach. Now, for those of you guys who don't know, I said Fabian's a wealth advisor, but he's also an entrepreneur. But more importantly, he's diving into the arena as being coming a success coach. And one of the things that he wants to be able to do is whenever, you, if you know anything about Fabian, he's the person that just tells it like it is. It's just going to be as real as it can possibly be. And I, I like that about him because just being honest, right? Well, as a success coach, sometimes it's important for someone to tell you the truth, right? And hear the truth, because sometimes you don't want to hear the truth. You got people that are around you every day that are basically, you know, co-signing, as I like to say, and say all the things that you think you want to hear, but are not really being honest about what the trueness is and how important that is. So Fabian has a unique program and platform about being a success coach. And he's one of those guys that kind of tells you how it is. And that has kind of helped him catapult himself to being a great success coach himself, but more importantly, giving him the ability to go out there and kind of tell it like it is. So Fabe, tell us a little bit about, first of all, who's Fabian? Like if I was to sum up Fabian, Fabian in, in, in less than two minutes, give me a little insight of who Fabian is. Wow, in two minutes. I think the easiest thing to describe me is Fabian is what you see is what you get depending on what environment Fabian is in. Right, right, the right. Problem, the problem I think with people is you could be who you are, but you have to respect the environment you're in. Mm -hmm. And most people can't, can't assimilate to different environments because they want to be, I'm real, I'm 100%, this is who I am. Hey, man, you could be who you are, but you still got to respect the different rules of different games. You can't play basketball on a football field. 
Right, right. You know, you have to be able to to respect the arena you're in. So sum me up in a, in, like you said, in, oh, I'm telling you more than two, two, two seconds, but I'm pretty much, what you see is what you get depending on the environment we're in. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the environment, so I would assume that if you're working in corporate America, sitting out on the golf course, right, hanging out with certain friends or whatever, you may have a different vocabulary, maybe you have a different way that you carry yourself, maybe you're doing something a little bit different as far as the conversation that you're having. Is that kind of what you're meaning about in that regards? Um, yes, yes, yes and no. Um, I think changing your vocabulary, you become a little fake, hmm. you know. I think what when you're when I say different environment is is more of like appearances, because you can't you you a person that tries to let's say they want to speak real educated and if they want to go in another environment they want to speak real real hood or real slang, who is that person? Now I'm not saying go and and, and look apart and speak you know real slang, but you gotta you gotta speak. You got to really truly speak the way you speak and be honest about it. Because once you open your mouth, people could tell exactly, exactly who you are. Doesn't matter how you look, how you present yourself. Once you open your mouth, they can tell exactly who you are. So nobody wants to see a person trying to look a look, but they're talking crazy, you know. So you have to just modify, I think is the word you want to use. I wouldn't say change and be something else. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it does, man. But like, you know, here's how I look at it. You know, I shoot. You know, you and I have known each other for a long time, and I think at the end of the day, you know, we we have both surrounded ourselves around different circles of people, right? Because of our industry and our business, right? We we have colleagues and and clients that you know are pretty affluent, you know, and and you know there are certain things you would do and say to them maybe a little differently than you would to your boy hanging out on the weekend, you know, the kind of conversation, right? Absolutely. So I think at Absolutely. the end of the day, that's where you're, when you're saying about how you have to be that chameleon, right? To be able to articulate Correct. a certain conversation to one prospect, you know, as opposed to someone else, you know, and I think that's Correct. what you're saying, right? Correct. So, you know, we're not saying don't be true to who you are because you are who you are, right? I think Correct. at the end of the day, that's, you know, ultimately so funny, uh, that we're talking about this because I, you know, for a number of years, I remember when we got into the industry, you know, we were both taught that you had to be very corporate, right? You had to wear the suit and tie, you had to be, you know, clean cut, you had to be, you know, earrings in your ears and stuff, you know, we were trying to work at that higher level. And then, of course, with both of us being minorities and, and you know, and, and um, you know, not necessarily coming up in a culture where it's maybe as sought after as far as the financial services industry is. And uh, we kind of had to do a little bit more than I think the average person out there, right? I think we had, Absolutely. To, we had to definitely step our game up, right? So we always felt like we were being judged automatically just by the color of our skin, maybe where we come from and so forth. So we maybe had to step up a little bit faster, a little bit harder. We had to do things a little bit better because we knew we were competing at a different level and we wanted to make sure that we didn't have any biases against us as we kind of came up, right? I think that's pretty much, at least for my thought process, I think that's what was important to me too. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, coronavirus, man. We got a lot of things going on in this world right now, you know, and it's so funny. I was, I was journaling the other day and I was, and I was writing a note in my journal about this coronavirus and, and then talking about how, 
you know, this is like a movie, you know, this is seriously like a sci-fi movie. I kept expecting the, you know, the superhero to come in and take all the <laughs> virus away and something coming out of it and be like overnight it's done. Right. But this is now going on about four to five weeks already. We've been in quarantine for like a better term or, you know, we've been on home arrest or whatever you want to call it. Right. But uh, tell me your thoughts about it, man. What are you doing right now to kind of stay sane? And what, are, what, what good things do you think have come out of this whole thing? If I any- mean, the, it, it's funny, and, and you'll understand this. I, I feel bad for individuals that, that have always been salaried people all their lives. Mm-hmm. Because a salaried person, a.k.a. like my mom, you know, they know they go to work, they check in, they do their job, they check out, they get a paycheck. Right. A commission person every goes to work and has to figure out how to how to make his money. Right. You know. So he's got to kill what he's going to eat. Correct. You know. So it's funny in this in this process, a lot of salaried individuals, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think it's a lot harder because most salaried individuals are dependent on where their salary is coming from. Right. Right. And you'll probably understand this, and a lot of other commissioners, and as this is going on we're fearful of what's going on, but in the same token, our mind is still going, okay, how do I adapt? How do I do business differently? What do I need to do to make uh, uh, some money or to, or to keep going forward? So I think that that fear factor isn't as heavy as a person uh, in my mother's situation who, you know, depends on her company and, and so forth and stimulus and all these type of things. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all kind of need some help in that aspect. Um, but as for this, it's, I really believe, and I don't know how people are spiritual or, 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 or where they are in their level of life. I'm a karma person, 100% karma person. And I sometimes think about the earth needed this. Mm-hmm. The earth needed a break. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed, but the, 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 the skies have been a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the water and the water's a lot more clear. Mm-hmm. And I just think the earth needed a break to say, hey, you guys, you know, sit your butt at home for a mm-hmm. minute, mm-hmm. you know, and just let the earth breathe, let everybody just regroup, let everybody come back to, to some sort of like humanity, because I think we were losing humanity. You and know, it's, uh, yeah, it's funny you say that, man, because I, I think, I don't know if I was talking to a good friend of mine about that same situation. I think everything you just said is so true, because I, I was looking out my backyard the other day, and I could literally see the Hollywood Hills and the sign from my backyard. And like, it was clear as day. And I don't remember the last time you could see that far out there with all the smog and everything else that was going on in Los Angeles. Right. And so I completely agree with you 100% on that. I also think, like you said, you know, I always say that, you know, this is, this is God's way of telling everybody to sit still. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, you guys, you guys, we've had so much hatred and anger and bitterness and things that have been going on these last few you know, months, years, whatever it's been. And I think it's, you know, at this point where God is pretty much telling us that we need to sit still, we need to learn how to to get back in tune with one another and start loving on each other once again, you know, Um, I think that's huge. And I think that's exactly what we're starting to see now. I think it's important for us to be able to to embrace humanity and get back to it. It seems like every time we go through some major is when people start to rally around. I remember 9-11 feeling like, you know, everyone was loving on each other and taking care of each other and trying to find a way to help one another right? As opposed to tearing each other down and fighting and conflict and everything else that we saw going on. So I agree, man. I think this is uh, some good things that have come out of this is I think that that's kind of like you said, healing the earth, right? We're healing the earth, we're healing each other, we're healing our own selves, our own intercepts. 
our own, you know, in, inner being of who we are, you know, so I, I totally agree with that, man. Another, another factor that I think is huge, it's a letting us see that we don't need to depend on athletes and entertainment. We don't need to live our lives based Come on. on on watching. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm an avid sports watcher. And I realized, you know what, the first week for me was, was really trying because I was used to watching my sports center, following my favorite athletes, you know, following, you know, reading their, you know, into their lives. And it's so funny now, honestly, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I think it, it should wake people up saying this, you know, we, we pour so much money onto being entertained by others that we forgot how to entertain ourselves and entertain our own family. Because yeah. if you got kids, you better figure out real quick how to entertain them. <laughs> they're, they're, they're there. You're not dropping them off at school. You're not parking <laughs> them off at your friend's house over there. Right. They're right here with you, you know? So I look at, I never look at the glass as half full. I mean, half empty. I always look at the, my life as the glass is half full. So to me, you know, I, I don't know where this is going to end up. But the positive in this is that I'm really getting to know my wife on a whole different level because yeah. we, we are together and we're going through it good, bad, and different, but we're still there together, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think in, in those aspects, it's a real, real wake-up call. My only fear, though, is once we hear there's a vaccine, like anything else, most people are sheep. They'll fall right back into the routine. In, into the routine. And yeah. hopefully this fear of your parents might die or, or someone could die from this might not just make it that easy to fall back into the routine. Yeah, man. No, I, you know, I agree with you. I think uh, <laughs> it's so funny you said that because you, you don't have to be entertained by other things and when you start entertaining yourself, it's so funny. I think this is like the best time for someone to get back in tune with themselves. You know, um, I, I did a podcast and call it self care. It's all about, you know, caring for yourself and doing things to help better who you are. You know, my whole program is about be more right. And, and that's so important in this time frame because you can do things to become better, right. To be better at everything you thought, you know, at that point I was looking at this morning, I was like, shoot, man, I could learn a new language right now. I popped on Rosetta Stone and started listening to some Spanish, right? I was like, I need to learn. I got plenty of time right now. Let's do it, right? I'm actually uh, learning the guitar. I'm actually learning the guitar. Yeah, yeah, real talk, right? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, everyone knows I love to play the saxophone, but I need to get better at reading music, right? So I was like, all right, pop on to YouTube, you know? I'm practicing yeah. learning what the, the chords are and remembering how this works, right? So this is good time, and it really is. And I agree with you about the, the the spouse and your children thing, right? Me and the wifey have always you know, been very close and stuff, but it's been really cool trying to find new ways to have our normal date day that we do on Fridays. And I right. did a little live view the other day on Friday. We were sitting out by the marina in the car, eating our lunch, you know, looking at the boats, you know, in right. quarantine, but like in our own little space, right? But we wanted to make sure we were still interacting and doing things that are about us, you know, and about our date day, right? What was important to right. us. And then I think it was also cool is that we literally like, you know, we normally go to the lunch on that on Fridays and we catch a movie at the drive-in theater, you know, kind of thing or dine-in theater. Right. And uh, we ended up just pulling the YouTube up, you know, and, and a Netflix and watched it inside the car and ate our right. food and kind of chilled and talked together. And right. it was cool. It was just like, it was a normal date, you know? So right. you got to get creative, man. You got to get creative. I don't know if you're, if you're, if you're experiencing this, but for me, I've actually been saving money. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I'm like, you know, I knew, I knew I spent money, but it was a wake. I'm just like, 
I ate out that much, yeah, you know, yeah. like literally that much. I mean, because we cooking all the time now and, and we buy groceries, but I was just like, dude, your problem was never just paying your bills or anything. <laughs> your problem was you just spend money on, on just crazy stuff. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, my paycheck comes and, 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 and we pay our bills. And I actually, I'm just sitting there like, Okay, is there something I could buy because it's 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 great, you know, it's, and I love it. I know, I, love it. I know. I was talking to my brother the other day, Kyle. Man, he he was like, he goes, man, I'm stuck in this house, and I actually got money left over. I don't know what to do. You know, <laughs> laughing about it, right? Because you're absolutely right. You're like you're not going anywhere. You're not wasting money. You're just sitting home stacking your chips, man. We spend yeah, so much cool. money on food and entertainment. Yeah, it's 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 you know it was the biggest it was the biggest hustle in the world and whoever came up with it was phenomenal. They were brilliant. If you could package that, it was great. And now I'm just like, for me to go and spend some money somewhere, I'm be like, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me now. It's, it, it was the biggest racket ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, of course, you can have moderation and do some stuff, but to the to the level we were going where everything we needed to pay for it to have fun was that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It'd be interesting to see how this new life changes once uh, everything kind of goes back to the quote unquote norm. Right. So it'd be interesting to see what comes from that. Are well, you going to shake, shake hands after this? <laughs> like, you know, I've always been a bump kind of dude anyway, yeah, you know, yeah. elbow, it's going to be an elbow tap for me. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I don't know if I could do the handshake. I don't know. It's going to have to be the, or maybe the foot tap, the kid and play. Kid play. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. So look, man, let's, let's, let's go to another level. So, you know, I, I think as most entrepreneurs, we always got our hands in a little bit of something, right? I feel, I tell people at the end of the day, all an entrepreneur is just a hustler. They just know how to go out there and find a way to make money. I don't care what the heck it is. You figure it out and make money. I was talking to one of my, uh, my uh, son's girlfriends and we were talking about, you know, her trying to figure out how to make money and bring money in. And I, what I said to her was is that you don't want to just figure out how to make money. You want to figure out how to make money, but have it move you to the direction that you're trying to get to, right? Because your ultimate result, whatever that is, you want to be moving in that direction so you don't waste time to get to that goal. And I know, you know, both of us have had little things that we've done on the side and, you know, created and built up. And you built up something that was pretty big at one point in time. And and I think a lot of followers that follow you now that are on Facebook and everything else was following you because of your Remy line program, you know, and, and, and your, your bully pits, you know, that, that was like anyone knew Fabian knew that that was your baby and that you were killing it. And what was funny about it, and I hope you're okay with me saying this part, yeah. I said, you know, when Fabian used to talk about the dogs, I was like, man, dogs, that's cool. I mean, I, I got a couple of pets in the house. I didn't know what kind of level he was making kind of money right. on selling some dang dogs, okay? But we're talking nice little six figure plus, you know, that was coming in. And I think right. that that was really huge because what I learned from that is a couple of things. One, don't judge a book by its cover, first of all. Right. Sure. And secondly, that that showed me the tenacity and what it takes to be an entrepreneur and turning something that you love into a passion that becomes something that can be very fruitful. So let's talk a little bit about Remy Line, man. Remy Line was beast mode at a point, And I know that was your world. And I know you were doing some pretty big things. So let's dive into that a little bit. Um, Remy Line was was my everything and will always be my everything. And like anything else, it had its time. It had its time on this earth, you know, but things evolve. Mm -hmm. I think people, um, if you can't move, move forward and let something. 
be at its, its, its peak and not be able to let go in a way to where it can now just be what it is, you, you get hurt. Case in point, Microsoft was at its peak. Nobody talks about Microsoft not that much anymore. You know, MySpace was at its peak. Nobody talks about MySpace no more. You know, there's Facebook because other things happen. So for me, when I was building Remyline, and and hey, before we go in further, that kind of tell the people a little bit about what Remy Line is, Remy Line is, because most people don't may not know who they are or what it is. So, right. so, so what 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 Remy Line um, is? There's two portions of it. So I had a an American bully dog named Remy, um, a phenomenal dog that I primarily became world famous. Now, to the average Joe, they were not going to know this, but if you're in that arena, Remy would be considered like a, a Muhammad Ali, uh, Michael Jordan. Um, just, just the epitome in that in that field, and Remy Line became a movement to where people were following this one dog, one line. Actually, I have a documentary on Amazon. I guess I might as well give a plug. <laughs> <A> documentary <laughs> on Amazon uh, for folks that don't know. It's called One Dog, One Line. So on Amazon, it's on there about that. But primarily, what it is was this was a dog I bought for five hundred dollars in a treadmill that became a dog that made millions of dollars, literally. Um, and it became world famous. I was flying all over the world to Egypt, to um, Europe, anywhere, um, um, China, so forth, because people wanted to have uh, production off of this dog, but they also wanted to have the Remy Lion lifestyle. And what a lifestyle is, it's like there's a hip hop. Hip hop is a lifestyle. Um, corporate America is a lifestyle. Remy Line became a lifestyle as of as of a movement of people that wanted to live the Remy life, we would call it. You know, uh, it's so funny you say that, man, because I remember seeing some of your videos and watching these people. I mean, guys, I don't know. Fabe, you still have those on YouTube, I'm sure, right? Somebody yeah. typed in Remy Line. Okay, so if you guys are out there right now and type in Remy Line, because I want you to see this crazy following about excuse me, one dog, right? And that how this thing expanded across like not only United States, but worldwide. I was calling Fabian, he was in Japan, he was in the Philippines, he was, you know, going in, 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 in certain parts of the country, you know, and picking up new lines of dogs and people were paying him thousands and thousands of dollars to have one of his dogs and for him to come out there and sign paper with them and be all a part of this whole program. It was crazy that all this had built up as big as it was. And I'm sitting here thinking, here's my boy. And I'm like, where are you going to? Oh, I'm heading up to Tokyo. I'm like, what do you mean you're going to Tokyo? I got to take a couple of dogs out there. We're setting up a new, a new line in Japan. I'm like, what? You know, and this was all about one dog. One dog that had this movement, as Fabian said, that went worldwide and made, you know, like you said, he spent $500 on the tread machine. I didn't know that. $500 on the tread machine that made him millions of dollars, guys. I mean, it's crazy to see the kind of money that came in from this. But that's huge, babe. That's huge, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Cool, man. So look, hey, I know you have uh, your dad and you're also a husband. And, uh, you know, I always love to talk about how in order to be successful, there has to be some good um, relationship with your family. I think family is most important in order to be successful in life because they're that person or those people that you can get grounded with, that you can kind of cry on their shoulders. They get to see who you are and be vulnerable and all that stuff. Let's talk a little bit about, first of all, let's talk about Bobby, right? Your sweetheart, your love. 
And right. then we'll dive into your, your beautiful daughters, man. And we'll talk a little bit about that. So tell me a little bit about Bobby. Who's Bobby? Um, Bobby is my everything. <laughs> Bobby is everything opposite of me, but 100% the same as me. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a very, um, very, uh, what's the word I want to Okay, Bobby's super, super clean. I guess I'm, <laughs> I keep it black and white. I'm talking super, super clean. And let's say, let's say I was super, super dirty. We are the yin and the yang, you know, <laughs> right. um, super intelligent, beautiful, sexy. Um, but what makes it special is that she loves me for my true dirty draws, you know, and if you don't have a woman, if a woman likes you or appreciates you or likes things about you, but don't really like you for your true dirty draws, you'll have moments with her. You won't have a lifetime with her, you know. Um, My success now in my life depends a lot with her, Mm -hmm. you know. I've achieved success um, when I was single, and I've even achieved success in my first marriage. But the level of success I achieve now with the one is a whole nother level, you know. Um, She's great, man. She's great. She's, she's, She's me. She just, she's a better version of me. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Better version of you. I yeah. appreciate that. And I can relate. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. She's a better version of me. And That's she got cool. to my back, you know, like, like I'm her, she's my number one fan and I'm her number one fan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I might mess with her and be like, yeah, whatever, but she knows, you know, I'm her number <laughs> one fan. So it's, 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 it's easy for me to talk about her because I mean, I'm just into her. Yeah. You know, I just don't love her. I'm in love with her. I love I just everything, everything. And I think when a man finds that, you just know it. You just yeah. you get happy, you're excited, and it's like it's easy. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's great, man. That's good, man. That's good. I know I know uh I was there at the beginning, so I get to remember when kind of conversation. So that's good stuff, man. And I, I've seen you guys evolve and I've seen your life evolve as well, and I know how important right. it is when you find a good woman, I mean, shoot, I, I don't even know what I would be with. Delilah wasn't around, man. I know I'd probably be in somebody's ditch somewhere. <laughs> she has <laughs> definitely made me a better person for sure. Right. For you sure. know, that's real. But now you got uh, these two beautiful daughters and uh, I got to tell you, man, Rain is a beast right now. Every time I turn around her dancing, it's just like, oh my God, man, what's going on? So tell me about them little girls of yours. And, and, and let me just tell y'all something about Fabian also. So Fabian, whenever I told, remember I told y'all that Fabian was real, right? So Fabian's the type of person that says stuff like, if your child was ugly, I would tell her. <laughs> I would tell you, okay? Real talk, chap. I would tell you, man. Not everybody's baby is pretty, okay? Right. I remember him having this conversation with me. And he goes, but real talk? Your daughter's beautiful, man. <laughs> I was like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So back at you, man. Your yeah. daughter's a beautiful, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, when I when I say stuff like that, and, and this is this is for me where I have a big I have a real hard problem with society and, and people. And and this is gonna sound weird and I might I might ramble on here in this situation, but everyone could look at all their children and we love them all the same. We do. But you have a favorite. I don't care what anyone says. Doesn't mean you don't love the one less or more, but you have, you have a favorite, you know? Now I would never go and tell my children who my favorite is. I mean, I would never go and be like, well, you're my favorite, but, but we all internally have one that we're a little bit more 
attracted to or, or, or yep. connected to. Like I said, and that's not saying you love one less than the other. It's not saying that. And you could look at your children. Most people, you know, I could look at my daughters to be like super, super good looking, okay, whatever. And like I said, it's not something you go telling your children, but I think a lot of people need to need to really understand, you know, it's not everybody's kid except my 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 what is it just saying? There's not everyone's kid except my 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 son Johnny. Everybody's out of step except my son Johnny, you know. Right. So I would never go and tell someone their child is ugly or I would never do that. But if you're my boy, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'll be like, you know what? She got the goods, you know, she's, she or he got the goods, you know, if not, I just kind of keep it to myself. But I, I just think, I think in life, you know, beauty's an eye of beholder. So what is ugly for someone might be beautiful for someone else, but you can't convince me what I think is, is, is beautiful or ugly. Cause that's my, those are my eyes, you know, mm-hmm. never take my eyes, but, um, yeah, but clear up that guy, Corey. I wouldn't go tell someone their child is ugly. No. <laughs> I never say that. No. No. Right. He's like, yeah, <laughs> that's real talk. So you got a beautiful daughter, uh, you know, Venice and Rain. And uh, Rain right now is like killing it. I think as a choreographer, right? She's just doing a lot of dance <laughs> videos, dance. And stuff like that, right? And yeah. getting out there. So uh, tell me a little bit about what she's doing with her career. Um, well, she's in school. She's at Cal State Long Beach for dance. Um, I think now, though, she's um, looking more into communications and so forth. Um, I think having children is the most challenging experience mm-hmm. because there's no book to it. You know, everybody has their opinion on what to do. To me, that's bullshit. You know, I think I think you can't have an opinion on what to do because you're not in my house. Right. You know, I could give you some advice of what's working for me. And you might be like, hey, that is not going to work in my house. You know, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that. But the greatest thing I think about having children is the fact that if you add up, if you add up all the pros and cons and all the sacrifices you do, you probably say I shouldn't have kids. You know, <laughs> if, if you were going to be a logical person and you say, look at all I have to give up and do and sacrifice and so forth, you'd probably be like, this isn't a good investment. It, it really isn't on a financial, on a mental, on a, on a giving up space. Um, but the one beautiful things of having kids is they really let you know who you are. And, 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 and they're either going to make you or break you. You know, <laughs> uh, my daughter, Rain, I've raised in a household where it was like, be whatever you want to be and all that, go after your dreams and so forth. But I also raised her to say is, if anything I ask from you is, don't ever be scared to talk to me. Don't, you know, because lying to me is the worst thing you could do for me. Right. I had a statement and I, this is a statement I'm always going to live by. I said, when you're born, you're, my hands are wide open. The biggest hands open for a hug. And every time you let me down, that hand starts to get closer. And if this hands ever come together, that means now I got to pray for you. You know, so I always tell children, I said, look, as a parent, our, our hands are like this open up but when you mess up and let us down or lie it goes like this and that hands get smaller and smaller and when we get to this point where we're praying for you that means you know you never want that so um i know i didn't answer your question which is telling you tell me about rain you know she's on her own path now um she's on her own path that was her just calling in she's on her own path right now i support her she wants to be a dancer um I mean, dancing was not the first thing I thought about for my daughter because 
realistically, there's only a few people in the world that actually could be successful, but I'm going to do whatever it takes for her to go after her dreams. And if she has to fall, she has to find her own path, but that's going to be what's going to work for her or where that's going to lead her to, you know, I'll never let her fall, but I will allow her to fall. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Kind of? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah. sometimes as a, as a, you know, a parent, we try our best to try to take care of our kids and we don't want them to be hurt, but sometimes you got to let them fall and, and stumble and scruff up their knee a little bit so they can understand what it means to get back up, you know, because yeah. if you catch them every time, they don't know that, that uh, trial and tribulations and know what does it build that tenacity that they have to get through in order to make things work. So yeah, great. 100% on that one, man. Correct. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, little brother, man, I appreciate the talk today. This was uh, enlightening being able to spend some time with you and chat and see what things are going on in your world uh, while you're sitting out there in the, the marina and stuff. It's kind of overcast today, huh? I'm yeah, not, let me show you mine. Yeah. And it's moments like this where I think, and it doesn't matter where you're at, I think everyone just needs to sit back and just be happy you're blessed to have a place. Yeah, that's real Real talk. To come out and look. It doesn't matter if you're looking at boats or you're looking at your backyard or you're looking at four walls. Mm -hmm. Imagine you didn't have a place. Imagine you're out there. Yeah. So, especially now, as bad as things are, you know, for sure. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time, brother. Everybody, this is Corey Chapman from Money Talk LA, and we're signing off from another episode, Real People, Real Money, Real Talk. You guys all stay well and blessed. We'll talk to you very soon. Peace. Have a good one.